Hello, my name is John Roskam. I'm the Executive Director of the Institute of Public Affairs. Welcome to this, the third and final conversation between myself and Tony Abbott about the Australian way of life. In this conversation, we examine some of the characteristics of that way of life, what makes Australia so special, and we talk about the future of that Australian way of life, how we extend the benefits and the opportunities for all Australians into the future. Tony Abbott, in this conversation, I'd like to talk to you about the Australian way of life. We've covered what's happening right now in the world and in yeah. politics. We've spoken about our, our history, the challenges Australia face. What I'd like to hone in on is the unique, special Australian way of life. What is it that makes Australia the best country in the world? I think Australians don't pigeonhole each other. Uh, I found when I was travelling overseas as a youngster, uh, I was always absolutely ecstatic when I came across another Australian because it didn't matter where that person came from, what job that person did, what school that person had gone to, there was, if you like, a solidarity uh, between all of us fellow Australians, uh, uh, a relatability uh, that all of us had. And it, and, it, and it was quite different in England. Now, I'm an incorrigible Anglophile, as you'd expect, John, but, but people in England, in those days at least, and I suspect still to a great extent, they have a very strong sense of where they're placed uh, geographically, culturally, economically. Uh, that is their class system, if you like. Not everyone's got a title, but people think that they have a particular place in the hierarchy, in the pecking order. Uh, as an Australian, I went to Oxford and I was immediately classless because uh, I wasn't part of that structure. And we don't have inhibiting structures in this country or at least we didn't have inhibiting structures in this country. Uh, Jack's as good as his master uh, was, a, was a phrase that uh, I can remember hearing often as a, as a youngster. Uh, the famous story about uh, uh, Artie Fadden and Bill Slim uh, turning up in a country pub one day and having a beer and um, Bill Slim heading off to the bathroom at one stage and the guy they were drinking with saying to Sir Arthur Fadden, uh, so who was that guy? And Fadden said, oh, that's Sir William Slim, the Governor-General of Australia. <laughs> and uh, uh, the guy in the bar said, well, what do you know? What a great country Australia is. Uh, here's Sir William Slim having a drink with two ordinary guys like us. <laughs> exactly. And that was to the Deputy Prime Minister. <laughs> in the pre-TV you know pre yeah. era, in the pre-TV era, um, uh, you could be... Um, uh, someone who wasn't instantly recognised uh, when you walked into a pub. Have we lost some of that? Look, I, I, I don't want to dwell on what we've lost because so much of what's good we've kept. And, and look, I can walk down the street here in Melbourne. As I we walked, just did, I, we, I, we got I, a coffee I, and people I, said, hello, I, Tony, I, how are you? I, I, I walked down the street here this morning and um, one guy says to me, uh, Oh, good to see you. 
Uh, and I said, yeah, nice to be out and about. And we walked a couple of blocks together and we chatted about various things. Uh, uh, I don't know that he was uh, particularly a political supporter of mine, but we had a very interesting conversation about all sorts of things, what was going on in the world, uh, what he thought of President Trump and so on. We're classless. What else do we have? What well, else? Is, what, well, what are some of our well, other well, things? Th th things like mateship and larrikinism are uh, easy to uh, to scoff at. Um, and are they stereotypes, and, 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 or are they and, and they're hard to and they're hard to define? But uh, Australians typically have lots of mates, and, and and males and females typically have lots of mates, and. They're not quite friends necessarily in the sense that there may be lots of your life which is not shared with many of your mates, but they're people with whom there is uh, an easy familiarity, uh, a sense of bonding and comradeship um, and larrikinism. Uh, we, we don't like formality. We don't like people who appear to give themselves airs and graces. We don't like people who presume. Uh, we, we think that's all something, that's a, that, that sort of stuffiness is unbecoming. And, and, and I think these are typically Australian in a way that they are not characteristic of either the United States or the United Kingdom, much as I admire and respect uh, those sibling countries. And in countries. the US it's wealth and in the UK it's class. That's right, that's right. But notwithstanding uh, the fact that we have uh, rich, more rich people in Australia than ever before, notwithstanding that we are starting to develop uh, wealthy dynasties in a way that we previously haven't, um, we are not defined by wealth and position in the way I think people all too often are in the countries that we normally compare what ourselves with. What does a with. fair go mean to you? Well, a fair go means if you have a go, you'll get a go. Now, I don't think anyone can demand something for nothing, but if someone is prepared to have a go, well, obviously, we've got to do the right thing by them. And, and What do you mean? Unpack what in, in business, in life, in community. What do you mean by, by have a go? Is it the entrepreneurial spirit? It, it's, it just making, it's just making the most of your opportunities. For instance, you, you look at people on, on the footy field and it's not necessarily the best player you admire. It's the bravest player. Uh, it's the one who shows uh, the most determination uh, and maybe it's the guy that drops a few passes, but nevertheless doesn't let it get to him, uh, makes up for dropping a couple of passes by doing a couple of really gutsy tackles, things like that. Um, that's what we respect, people who are doing the best they can, given that not everyone is equally blessed with talent, not everyone is equally blessed by circumstance. Uh, I think I think that's what... That's what, what, what that's the interaction of the fair go with the have a go instinct. Does that still exist? 
Well, of course it does. Of course it does. Uh, and and we might copy so many things uh, from other places in our public culture, but I think in our community culture, in our uh, personal interactions, uh, there's far more continuity. And can you than talk about change. that? Because it, it it strikes me there is a growing difference between our community culture, which is a very nice description of what we do in our homes and in our suburbs, um, and the public culture that whereby people say we should be more like America or more like a European uh, country. Is there that split or emerging split there? Well, well again, um, you know, in England, people can, particularly in cities, people can live uh, for years, decades, and not talk to their neighbours, whereas it's almost unimaginable that an Australian would not uh, make some contact with the neighbours. Now, you don't always get on with them, as it happens, but nevertheless, uh, at least there's this sense that you should reach out to people. In an Australian suburb, it might be part of a of a vast megapolis in one sense, but really our so suburbs very local are, our, our suburbs are a series of urban villages. That's what they that's what they really are. And 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 most Australians are not simply members of a family uh, or participants in a workplace. Most Australians have a range of other. Uh, communities, if you like, whether it's uh, the community of the sporting team uh, that you play in or your kids play in, uh, whether it be the community of the service group uh, that you belong to um, or, uh, or or your parents belong to, whatever it might be. Um, there's just this, uh, the social fabric, I think, is quite deep in this country. Describe Australian politics in the concept of the Australian way of life. So our compulsory voting system, uh, many people have said, has tended to drive uh, the two major parties to to the centre. They tend to be a little bit less ideological and less philosophical uh, than, than political parties in, in other countries. How would you describe Australia's political culture in this context that we are, we are talking about? I think our political culture is shifting. I think it's becoming more cultural and less economic. I think people's voting uh, patterns are less determined by uh, the job, well, less determined by the income they have and more determined by their attitudes um, uh, to cultural issues. Um, cert cert is that because you think cultural issues are more salient or now that we have reached a, a, a certain standard of living we can afford to engage in discussions about other things what because it's certainly a trend yeah. in in the uk in the yeah. us and we saw it with brexit yeah with trump and the claim that people were voting against their own self-interest their economic self-interest look what, there, what there, do you ascribe it to? Uh, look you know 50 100 years ago maybe even 20 years ago most of the things that people did uh, were the result of the need to get practical things done, um, to drive a bus, uh, to grow a crop, uh, to build a house, um, uh, to draft a contract, all that kind of stuff. Um, but 
the things, there are more and more jobs that are created by human rules. There are more meaningless jobs as as, 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 as as opposed to the necessities of life. And, and um, I was talking to someone the other day uh, about the difficulties getting a, uh, a mine approval. And the problem with this particular mine is that uh, it had been operating uh, and then there were some safety issues and it stopped operating. And to get it re-operating, you need uh, subsidence reports, you need water table reports, uh, you need threatened species reports. And not only does the uh, proponent have to get uh, consultants' reports on all these subjects, but then uh, the approving authority needs to get consultants' reports on all these subjects. And so you've got vast cohorts of people who aren't doing anything that is obviously necessary, but they're servicing a system which has become gargantuan. It's gone beyond what you'd think is needed for decency and uh, for common sense. And and the people that... And it's self-perpetuating. And the people who work in this vast superstructure, this imposed, vast imposed superstructure, sort of servicing the bureaucracy one way or another, they tend to be of the left, uh, whereas the more practical people who just want to get stuff done tend to be of the right. What's the Australian way of life at the moment? And what will be the Australian way of life in 20 years' time? Well, John Howard got into a lot of trouble for talking about wanting us to be relaxed and comfortable, but I think that is an important element of the Australian way of life. Why do you think he did? I, I found the statement unobjectionable uh, from a libertarian or liberal or conservative point of view. The idea that you're from a politician, that their first reaction is not that the government should be telling you what to do or how to live your life, but you should be uh, able to do that with your family outside of the state. I found refreshing and welcome, but that still resonates. People are still attacking John Howard for what I thought was a reasonable statement from a conservative I, I think what John was probably driving at was that he wanted us to be comfortable in our own skins as individuals and as a and people. And as a nation. That's right. And you'll remember <clears throat> that uh, a characteristic of the Keating government was this kind of uh, self-castigation. Mm. Uh, he didn't like our constitutional arrangements. Uh, he didn't like what he thought was the uh, provincialism of Australia. Remember, he attacked Howard in Parliament. Said he was living in the museum of the fifties with the Qualcast mower and the Morphy Richards toaster and stuff like that. Uh, Ke- Keating was always whipping us for our alleged social sins. Uh, whereas Is there Howard, anything about Australia that Paul Keating liked? <laughs> That's a very good question. I think this was one of the reasons why Bob Hawke and Paul Keating uh, didn't always see eye eye to eye because Hawke was more like Howard in that respect. He was comfortable with the Australian character, um, uh, accepted that we were what we were and uh, we are what we are. Um, but, But look, as I said, 
we can always be better, uh, but we are going to be much better in, at improving if we feel we are building on a strong and sure foundation. And I like to say to people, um, uh, let's build on our strengths. Uh, let's be as good as we can be. Uh, let's take our best values and live lives which better reflect them. Um, not that we should be radically different from what we are. What because what we are is essentially good. What should we be relaxed and comfortable about? And what should we not be relaxed and comfortable about? Well, if you, if you, uh, Scott Morrison put it quite well, I think, in the last election. He said he wanted, uh, he wanted our country to be safe, our economy to, to be strong, and our people to be together. And I think that wasn't a bad encapsulation. And the problem is that uh, our country is probably not quite as safe as it was, given the deteriorating uh, strategic situation. Our economy is not as strong as it should be, given our reluctance to build baseload power, dams, etc. And our people are not as together uh, as we should be, given the embarrassment about our history and our values. So, so, so look, um, we need to be very clear-eyed about who our friends are around the globe. Who are our Which friends? Which countries we are like-minded with. Who are our friends? Well, obviously, uh, uh, our, our friends are the Five Eyes. Um, but countries like Japan, uh, Singapore, uh, India uh, are countries that we are very, very like-minded with uh, and we should have the strongest possible bonds with. Uh, so so we, we need to be much more clear-eyed about who our friends are around the globe. We need to be much more hard-headed about our own economic future. And frankly, we shouldn't let exaggerated and often trivial environmental concerns stop us from building the infrastructure that we need, building the dams we need, the baseload power that we need. And in terms of our national self-confidence, we, we have far more to be proud of than we have to regret or to apologise for. And, and sure, uh, it is terrible that Aboriginal people are 10 times more likely to be in jail than non-Aboriginal people. It's terrible uh, that an Aboriginal woman is something like 20 times more likely uh, to be subject to domestic violence than a non-Aboriginal woman. These things are terrible. But bemoaning them on its own isn't going to help. What we need is an insistence that for every Australian, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal, the kids have got to go to school, the adults have got to go to work, communities have got to be safe, and that means, that means they've got to be policed. What can we do about this? Look, it's important that we speak up for ourselves and that it takes we, bravery. It does take bravery, but let's face it, uh, all of us uh, can and should be brave where we need to be. 
if we see someone about to step in front of a truck, uh, we would tell them to stop uh, just because that's what a good person does in a situation like that. Uh, and if we see someone or hear someone saying something that we think is um, a serious error of fact or judgment, we should be prepared to say, well, why do you think that? Or are you sure that's the case? So I think we do need to be uh, a little bit braver and a little bit readier to engage in a courteous discussion with people, even on subjects that are contentious. Um, but all of us, I think, can, uh, can play a part in the evolution of our society. Years and years ago, uh, I was very close, as you know, to the late, great B.A. Santa Maria, and Bob always said to people, look, um, some of you are more Labor, some of you are more Liberal, join the political party of your choice and try to make it better, uh, because we need better political parties in this country, uh, and we need to have at least two political parties in this country that are capable of running a sensible, responsible government. And, and if you don't do it, who will? If not you, who? Um, so look, uh, all of us have to do our bit, uh, whether it's joining the IPA, uh, whether it's uh, joining the political party of your choice, whether it's speaking up in your workplace, whether it's uh, being prepared to chat to your children and grandchildren about issues, we've all got to do more. Because if there's one thing that is absolutely certain, it's that a majority that stays silent does not long remain a majority. What's the Australian way of life in 20 years' time? Well, hopefully it will reflect the best features of the Australian way of life today. Uh, we will be welcoming and accepting. Uh, we will be generous and free-spirited. Um, we won't be frightened of telling a joke. Uh, uh, we're prepared to give a go and to have a go. Um, we want a better future for our kids and we expect a better future for our kids. Tony Abbott, that's a wonderful note on which to finish. Thank you. Thanks, mate.